Welcome to My Last Watch. My name is Kaylee. And this is Gun. Before we dive in today, I want to give a shout out to Witch Watch, which is a Seattle Instagram watch photographer who gave us a very nice shout out on his Instagram page this past week. Specifically, he referenced the Patina Me Hazy shot. It was an homage to the Patina Me Hazy shot. And this is a style of watch shot that we discuss in episode 15 of Decoding the Instagram Watch Community. This is one of our favorite episodes, but uh, yeah, which watch, he may have missed the beer in the photo, but other than that, he was on point. (laughs) And we'll spell out his Instagram handle in the show notes because it is a bit of a funky spelling. Gun, what did we do this weekend? We had a pretty amped weekend. We got to go see our Seahawks in the preseason. See. Hawks! That's too loud. <laughs> yeah, that's way too loud. We're going to have to... Let's tone that down. Okay. Ready? See. Hawks! Okay, hopefully that wasn't too loud for folks. But as you may have guessed, we're going to be talking about watches and football today. This past Sunday, we went to the Seahawks preseason game. A lot of fun. I always like preseason games because... They're a lot more chill, more laid back. I don't have to stand the whole game. Gun, what did you think? Well, Kaylee, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Beast mode! Are we going to have to end the rest of the podcast now since you're not going to talk to us? I'm just here so I don't get fined. (sighs) (laughs) Well, before I met Gun, I really wasn't into football at all. I don't remember going to any Seahawks games in my childhood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm getting to that. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. But one of the first events that we went to in terms of like an NFL event was a preseason game for the Seahawks uh-huh. back in 2012 during Russell's rookie season. I knew you were going to talk about this. Well, I mean, I kind of have to. <laughs> back at that time, the Seahawks had just given a contract right to Matt Flynn, who was the backup QB for Green Bay, and he uh-huh. was looking like a pretty good prospect. But here was Russell Wilson picked in the third round. I knew nothing about football at that time. But when I watched that game, I told you, I think Russell Wilson should start. He's definitely better than this Matt Flynn guy. But, Bill, this was a preseason game. And Russ at the time, if we can rewind to 2012, he wasn't supposed to be Russ. He was a third round draft pick that was too short to be an actual quarterback in the league. I mean, think about the quarterbacks that were drafted before him. That draft, Andrew Luck was the first player chosen. He was in the same... No longer playing football anymore. RG3. RG3, No longer signed to a team. So there was a lot of doubt. No, no, I'm just saying there was a lot of doubt in the NFL circles that the Seahawks would choose Russ. And even at that moment when he was chosen, they said he was a good leader but then there are so many physical attributes that he didn't meet. I just to want be to a stand- yeah. go on record as saying that I believed in Russell Wilson from day one. But, I but knew who was QB one, and Gun right now but, is just trying to legitimize no. his position. No, no, no. But do you remember the discussion that we had when we first saw him? And I said he is much better than he was advertised, and I can see Russ being our QB one in the upcoming years. And like I said previously. I wanted Russ to start from day one, and that season we end up going to the NFL wildcard round, one field goal away, I believe. But back then, I'm winning. just saying, the thought about quarterbacks was like similar, quarterbacks were similar to kimchi. 
Okay, you're spending way too much defending your position <laughs> when we need to move on with this we show. We thought that rookie quarterbacks should be go through a maturation process. They needed to ferment for a season or two to learn the system. I know now it's very different where we have Kyler Murray and all these young quarterbacks coming in in year one and just dominating. But back then, like Russ was the first, but I thought he needed to ferment for a season behind Mefflin. Okay. Well, I'm going to move on because there's no use in me trying to argue my point more that I'm a believer. But I do agree. You saw, yeah, you said, you know, to your undeveloped NFL eyes, you thought he should be a star from day one. Okay. Well, thank you. (laughs) I guess I'll take that as a compliment. I will admit that football has brought a lot of joy into my life, especially during this pandemic where, to be frank, like life just seemed so... So much the same day after day, you know, working from home, doing neighborhood walks. Obviously, the world was changing around us, but felt pretty monotonous. Monotonous. The one thing that I did have to look forward to each week was watching the Seahawks play. So I do thank football for helping get through the pandemic, even though we're still in the middle of this. Um, And I do give you credit for bringing football into my life because it really has brought me a lot of joy over the years. Well, you're welcome, Zabe. Thank you. I'm also a little bit worried that I'll get as into watches as I'm into football. Because I don't think it's a good thing if we're both super into watches. Like, we can't both be I think that's the best case scenario. I think that is the best case scenario. But one of us has to reel the other in. And I need to keep playing that role. No, I think we should be a team and both strive for the same goal i mean at more this of a team point, player we're doing a weekly podcast about watches so you could make an argument True. that this has taken over much of my life i think what will prevent me from getting hardcore into watches is definitely the price point that's a big thing for me to get over and as we've discussed in our previous episodes you don't actually wear a watch i don't wear a watch <laughs> i'm very loyal to my fitbit and i don't envision myself taking this off anytime soon i definitely understand and i'm very thankful of this podcast since you've warmed up to the idea of watches i think you started this with a different goal in mind where it was you wanted to create content so i'm very thankful that this was an idea that you brought up and somehow you've become much more interested in watches during this process so best case scenario for me is for you to become a member of my team, Team Watch, and be enthused about the watches that I collect in the upcoming years. We'll see if that happens. What can I do to help you become a watch enthusiast? Even though you don't wear watches, I feel like you can still become a watch enthusiast because there's people collect art. You don't really wear art, but you still collect it for the value, the appreciation that it has, and then also the value that you see I don't know if there's really anything you can do to help me. I feel like I'm already... Please do let me know. Whatever I can do, I'm willing to be a team player and help you through this process. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm pretty deep into this game already by circumstance. Yes. As I said earlier, I'm team Russell Wilson. Gunn is team Matt Flynn. Nope. And Russ, we trust. (laughs) Well, something that we can both agree on is that we're not team Tom Brady. Who that? Although, he does have a good taste in watches, would you say? 
Well, yeah, if you put it that way, then I have to be supportive of TB12, I guess. He's a brand ambassador for IWC, which I'm a big fan of. So I do give him some props on his watch taste. We did watch a Hodinkee video, which I believe was just filmed this past year, Mm -hmm. and they interviewed him. There's some fun questions in there. Yes. But since he is a brand ambassador of IWC, it was focused on that one brand. Mm -hmm. But you can clearly tell from his interview that he's a watch geek. Yeah, he knows his watches. He knows his watches for sure. And then, yeah, it was really cool to hear the story of his first watch was after a big loss. And then he had to travel to New York and he kind of remembers that watch from his first big loss. That introduced him to the IWC brand and he's been a fan of that brand ever since. Tom Brady and IWC, especially the pilot's watches, it goes hand in hand. And so I think that's a really good partnership. As most Seahawks fans would know, we're a bit salty about Tom Brady because we did lose to him in Super Bowl 2014. I don't even think salty is the right word to accurately describe the emotions of a Seahawks fan. Pain, straight pain and agony. We're so close. We're literally one run play away from going being back-to-back champions it was really our game to lose and i was watching this game in seattle meanwhile gun was overseas in korea i was in korea it was a monday at like 4 a.m i had to wake up for this game all right where do i even start with this story so yeah i wake up at 4 a.m and then i head into work early and i have a co-worker who's from the states he's korean american so he's watching this game with me he's a rams fan he's not even a seahawks fan and where are you even watching this game? Are you watching it on a computer? Did you? Yeah, in the office. Mm-hmm. And I had paid for the NFL. Like when I was in Korea, I mm-hmm. paid for the NFL subscription, NFL pass. The previous season, we had won the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking we got this in our bag. Legion of Boom. We're at our prime. Seahawks prime, Legion of Boom. And Russ was on his rookie contract. We had money to spend in every other department of the team. Anyways, as everyone knows, we end up losing the game on the final drive. And somehow, P. Carroll wants to throw the ball when you have the best short yardage running back in NFL history, in Marshawn Lynch. And we get intercepted. Butler intercepts the pass. And the rest is history. And the Seahawks dynasty is forever just shattered. I think at that point, I'd actually stopped watching the game a little bit before all that had happened because it was already not looking good. And then we made a... Time out. Wait. Jermaine Curse made this incredible, like, yeah, I don't impossible think I saw catch. that because I was, we were like losing, and then I know we that. made a, a like last minute comeback because I just get like too nervous yeah, watching I, the yeah. game I sometimes. See, I so I just had to not like, the game. stop myself. But for me, at least when we lost, you know, I had a day to recover and then go into work. Whereas you actually I had to go, had into to work go work that next, right that, Yeah. The next but like couple hours. Luckily, right? all of my coworkers in Korea knew I was a huge Seahawks fan. And I remember my manager, if anyone knows the working culture of Korea or Asia in general, not even just Korea, you know how crazy this is because this was on a Monday. As soon as I reported to work, my manager looked at me and he said, Hey, take a few hours off, go drink a beer, whatever you need to do. I know your team lost. Do what you need to do and come back in a few hours. Just you know, be ready to work. And I was like, thank you. Like, there was no way I was going to go into this Monday meeting and be able to work after this gut-wrenching, like, literally, I don't even know how to describe this loss. I was in tears. And so on a Monday morning, my colleague and I 
Dennis, which you've met. <laughs> Dennis was like, hey, let me go buy you a beer at Monday on like seven. This was probably seven in the morning. So we go to a seven. It wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was a CU, which is equivalent of a 7-Eleven. And then we just had a beer and I had to kind of wash it away with this, wash it down with the beer. And then I had to report to work, which is the most depressing thing that I've ever had to do. Nothing like 7 a.m. beers, yeah. <laughs> so that's enough of my Seahawks stories. Do you have any stories that stand out to you? I have a positive story. That was the NFC Championship game, which is actually the same year that we lost the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which will go down in NFL history as one of the most dramatic games, playoff games in NFL history. It was a nail, nail-biting game. I went uh, with my sister, who was not that big of a Seahawks fan or a football fan in general. The whole game, we just looked like straight trash. It we were straight trash. was looking pretty pathetic. Yeah. The Packers were just running us over. So there's five minutes left in the fourth quarter. The score is 19 to 7. And at that point, I'm not feeling too good about things. And it's really hard to get out of the stadium because you have so many people watching that game. So I'm telling my sister, like, hey, maybe we should actually think about leaving. And fortunately... My sister's like, no, I don't want to leave. Like, what if something happens? <laughs> this is your sister who has never been, like, she does not care. <laughs> and I, I think this is when it's good sometimes to have that naive person with you. <laughs> and so I decide, okay, whatever, we'll just stay. With two minutes left, we score a touchdown. So then it's 19 to 14. At that point, I'm feeling a little bit excited, but at the same time also being a Debbie Downer. So I tell my sister, hey, we have to get an onside kick, then a touchdown, and to really seal the deal, we got to get a two-point conversion so that we have a sufficient lead so that the Packers can't just come back and win by a field goal. So I'm sure if you look at the odds of all of this happening within two minutes and change, very low. But one by one, <laughs> all of those things start to happen. At the end of the day, Green Bay did tie the game, but the Seahawks were able to come back and win in overtime. This is only a scenario that you would see in like a football movie. You wouldn't really see this in real life. Nonetheless, like for a playoff game. It's true. They say it's the most dramatic playoff game in NFL history. And you were actually there to witness this. And to think that you almost left the stadium i know i was this close to leaving and so. it was your sister who cares nothing about the seahawks that talks some sense into you she was like i don't want to leave right now that's what i'm saying sometimes it's good to go with a non-football fan <laughs> like just like the time when you thought russ would be a good starter that's kind of similar it is a little bit similar <laughs> aaron Rodgers, though obviously one of the best quarterbacks and did you know he's also a brand ambassador to a certain watch company I did not know this. Do you want to take some guesses? Like, what, what, what company are you thinking? It has to be a very arrogant watch company. Hublot. <laughs> I wish it was Hublot. It's actually Zenith. Wait, he's the brand ambassador for Zenith? Because Zenith is a pretty cool watch company. Yeah, this past year, 2021. Okay, so this is a new... This is a, a new development. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I really like that. I mean, Zenith is a cool company, don't get me wrong. They're uh, the brand, they're the company that came up with the El Primero 
um, which is considered one of the coolest chronograph movements in history. And that also has a link to Rolex Daytona's. They provided the movement. But anyways, I did not know that Aaron was a Zenith guy. Yeah, Aaron's a Zenith guy. And when we were doing some research for this show, turns out that Russell collects a lot of Rolexes, or he's been pictured with a lot of Rolexes. Yeah, he has a lot of Rolex watches in his collection. I feel like that's pretty standard, though, for yeah, athletes, for, like, uh, yeah. for a big purchase. If you have money to spend, why not spend it on Rolex? It's Most the safe bet. F- folks are probably going to get that. So I was looking up his collection. He has a Submariner Blue Dial, a Datejust 41 Steel Yellow Gold, a Cosmograph Daytona White Dial, and a Day Date Just, I'm assuming, 40 Yellow Gold. Yeah. The uh, Daytona that he has in his collection was super cool. But that made me kind of, this is kind of making me think if Aaron has the Zenith sponsorship, Mm-mm. Russ, it's time that Russ has a sponsorship too. I'm like, what kind of brands? Russ would be the type to start his own like good man brand watch company. I hope he doesn't do that. But I w- really hope. W- like what company do you think he'd be a good partner for? I've actually had some time to think about this. Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Russ? Because I think, yeah. Okay. When you think of Russ and his playing style, oh. what is one of his signature moves? He likes to scramble. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then that's he's not known. Yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> oh, he likes to scramble and he has the moon ball. Yeah, the moon ball. That's what, what I was going for. Okay. Moon ball can equate to a moon phase and watches. So in watches, we have what's called a moon phase where it's tracks the calendar for the moon phase and there was a brand not just because of his moon ball but that was one of the main reasons mm-hmm. there's a print brand called jeja lecoult which you've known because it's one of my favorite brands and they're known for really amazing moon phase watches so that was one of the re like one of the reasons why i thought of this brand at first but i think there's much more layers to this when you think of Russ, he's slightly boring at times. And this isn't just his playing style. This is just Russ as a player. Compared to mm-hmm. other quarterbacks, don't you think he's a little bit boring? and kind He's of, a, little he's a bit, classic um, throwback. Like, what's the word? He's a little bit... People call him he's corny. A, square. Oh. a little bit corny. Square. Okay. <laughs> but in clutch situations for Russ, or important situations, you see his creative genius where it really shines. Definitely. And that's how I kind of look at Jeja Lecoult as a brand. Their watches are very classic and you can even say it's boring. But then you see certain lines they come out with and it's just, you're just in awe of this collection. Jeja Lecoult came out with their master control line that has a sector dials. And this was a few years back. It's one of my favorite releases Period. I think like that's what put me on to the brand. If anyone has time, the master control line for the sector dials, especially their wall timer, that's something that I've had on my radar. But things like that, like most of their watches are very boring and simple and classic, but then they'll come out with releases that just surprise you. And I think that's the type of player that Russell is. I would argue that Russell's personality might be a little bit square or boring but his playing style i find very exciting well the majority of time he's just handing off the ball to a running back and then in third and long he'll try to come up with his creative genius now we have a new 
offensive Gun's coordinator. Gun's just a hater. Gun's just a Russ hater. I'm not a Russ hater. Okay. I'm okay. All team Russ, but I'm saying he's handing off the ball from first to third down. And then when it's third and long, he tries to come up with ways to be creative, which he's successful at. And Russ is known for his movement, which is very important to watch. I know he's put on some pounds, and now he's not as mobile as he once was. True. But in his earlier days, like that was the one thing that stood out about Russ. He could escape the pocket at any given time. And when you talk about movement, you can't, you cannot talk about JLC. JLC is known as your as the watchmaker's watchmaker. So they're known for being of amazing quality. And that's also including the movement. So I think that's another reason why we can compare the JLC brand to Russ. So I hope one day it happens and I better receive some sort of commission or a shout out at least for putting this sponsorship into place. You heard it here first at my last watch. <laughs> Before we sign off here, we do have an announcement. Uh, my last watch will be taking a one-week hiatus. <laughs> Gunda, okay. Gun doesn't know how to say hiatus. Try it again. Try it again. My last watch will be taking a one-week hiatus. Good job. Because Gun is gone fishing. Gun is gone fishing. That is true. This is true. But it's like you know before. After the preseason ends, before you get into the regular season, you have a week off, so it's kind of on theme or on brand with our NFL and watchers. That's episode. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but real talk, Gunn is going off to Alaska. To catch some salmon. Catch some salmon. Hopefully, maybe halibut and some crabs. We'll see. This is his first well, like, I don't want to big... catch crabs, but I'm... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go crabbing. <laughs> well, this is Gunn's first big fishing trip, so... Crossing my fingers that you have some success. Well, I know for a fact I'm going to be bringing back 50 pounds of salmon. I'm not coming back until I get 50. I fill up the 50, <laughs> fill up my box. <laughs> if anyone has good salmon recipes, we're still trying to figure out a good way to cook salmon. Feel free to shoot us a message. DM us at mylastwatchpod on Instagram. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. We won't see you next week, but we'll see you soon. Be safe, Watch Fam. And we appreciate your support, along with a five star review. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Watch Fam. If you're enjoying My Last Watch so far, please give us a five star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It really goes a long way to help get the word out on the show. Thanks so much.